Thanks for listening to the Thyroid Fixer podcast with your host, me, Dr. Amy Horneman, aka the Thyroid Fixer. Also, functional medicine practitioner, hormone and weight loss expert. We're talking all things thyroid, hormone, and health-related in order to empower, educate, and transform you. Remember, I fix your thyroid, I fix your hormones, I fix your life. So let's get started. I am freaking snarky today. I'm just snarky. And I will get into, so if you detect a little bit of tood today, that's this coming from a, a definitive source. So last week, I talked to two new patients that both said they were diagnosed with postpartum thyroiditis. Two in one week. And then I started thinking, you know how many blanket diagnoses people get? These, these blanket statements that when a doctor doesn't know what you actually have and doesn't really want to dig deeper to figure it out, they're just going to give you a blanket diagnosis. So postpartum thyroiditis is one of them. IBS is another classic. Fibromyalgia comes to mind. Now, fibromyalgia, I mean, the pain is real, but the diagnosis is blanket because there's something underlying that fibromyalgia that we can dig down into. But we're not getting into that today. I'm just giving you examples of these blanket diagnoses that so many people get. And then they wander through life and they go, well, why don't I feel better? Well, I have this diagnosis of IBS. I have this diagnosis of postpartum thyroiditis. Now, what do I do about it? So we're going to dive into that. So let's start with the Mayo Clinic diagnosis, the Mayo Clinic information on postpartum thyroiditis. And if you have developed hypothyroid symptoms, if you got this diagnosis, we're going to break this all down and you're going to hear me get really pissed off on a couple certain different topics and different different lines in this mayoclinic.org backslash diseases website. Okay, so overview, postpartum thyroiditis is an uncommon condition in which a previously normal functioning thyroid gland becomes inflamed within the first year after childbirth. All right, let's break this down. What do we know about autoimmune? What do we know about Hashimoto's? We know that with any autoimmune condition, specifically we'll focus on Hashimoto's because that's what we're talking about. With any autoimmune condition, you begin with the predisposition for an autoimmune condition. So you already have that in your lineage. You already have that genetic predisposition for autoimmunity. Then we know, per the three-legged stool analogy of autoimmune, we know that one of those stools is a stressor. What are the big stressors? What do I always say about Hashimoto's and when we see it present itself? Pregnancy, puberty, perimenopause, the big P's. Then we have death, divorce, loss of a job, loss of a loved one, loss of a child, loss of a parent, and on and on. But let's go back to pregnancy. We tend to think, you know, hey, it's just normal. You get pregnant. You're a woman. That's what you do. But we don't really think about the effects on the body. Pregnancy is a stressor on the body. If you think about it, all of a sudden, in nine months, you're carrying around an extra, I don't know, anywhere between 20 and sometimes 60 pounds on your body that you weren't carrying before, and your hormones are going wacky. 
You're giving life to another human being. That is a stressor on the body because, you know, you don't do it every day, do you? No, you don't. So that is a stressor on the body. So yes, we oftentimes do see Hashimoto's present itself after pregnancy because it is a stressor. So going back to the autoimmune analogy of a three-legged stool, there's one of your legs. Pregnancy is a stressor. All right, we're going to keep going. Postpartum thyroiditis often lasts several weeks to months. Well, it can also last the rest of your life because postpartum thyroiditis, all it really is is Hashimoto's turning on. It is Hashimoto's turning on. Now, in some cases, can the stress of the pregnancy be so much? You know, let's say you you have been thrown up for months and months. You were told that, to have bed rest through your pregnancy because you're high risk. Maybe you're taking a bunch of medications. That is a stressor on the body in and of itself. So going through a pregnancy with extra stressors can absolutely inflame your thyroid and you could just have hypothyroidism where your thyroid craps the bed in and of itself due to stress. But nine times out of 10, just like 95% of hypothyroidism is Hashimoto's, nine times out of 10 postpartum thyroiditis is going to be an autoimmune condition. It's going to be that Hashimoto's turning on, that switch going boop and turning on. So yes, it can last several weeks to months per the Mayo Clinic, but reality is unless we address it, unless we address the underlying causes that contributed to it, unless we calm down your immune system, unless we put those soldiers that are attacking your thyroid that that got released, that got unleashed from their barracks during pregnancy because pregnancy is a stressor and that's what happens in autoimmune. Because those soldiers got released, we need to reel them back in. We need to do dietary changes. We need to look for underlying causes. We need to look for high insulin. We need to look at your hormones. We need to look for underlying infections like Epstein-Barr virus and Lyme disease. So all those co-infections, right? So we need to look at all of that because we need to say, we're not going to just give you this blanket diagnosis of postpartum thyroiditis. We're going to find out what caused it. Beyond the pregnancy, what else is driving it? and making it last several weeks to months, if not years and years after. This also says that, but postpartum thyroiditis can be difficult to recognize because its symptoms are often mistakenly thought to be the stress of having a newborn and postpartum mood disorder. So here's where you're going to get that Band-Aid medication of an antidepressant, ladies. So here you are, you have your baby. You went through a stressful nine months. Even if it was an easy pregnancy, it was still a stress on your body. So you go through nine months of pregnancy, you have your baby, and now your hormones are still fluctuating and you're not sleeping and the baby's crying all night and you're a little bit moody. Well, let's put on top of that, your thyroid shitting the bed. Then you're really going to be moody. You're really going to be depressed. You're really going to be anxious. And the last thing that you need is an antidepressant slapped on you because, you know, you had a baby and maybe you have a little bit of postpartum depression, right? We'll give you postpartum depression, postpartum thyroiditis label and call it a day. Okay. No, we're not going to, not going to accept that. 
For most women who develop postpartum thyroiditis, thyroid function returns to normal within 12 to 18 months of the start of symptoms, but some women develop permanent complications. Well, no kidding, because it's Hashimoto's turning on. It's that switch turning on. It's, it's your body's autoimmune switch, your Hashimoto's switch turning on. So most of the time, if you're working with a functional practitioner, we can return thyroid function within normal quicker than 12 to 18 months. Who wants to go to, through 12 to 18 months of being tired, of not being able to lose your baby weight, of possibly gaining more weight, of losing your hair, of having insomnia and constipation and being moody and depressed and anxious on top of having to take care of another human being and run a household and then other kids, if you have those. But most of the time I hear from women that they can tie back when they started feeling like garbage to their first or maybe second child. But if postpartum thyroiditis came on and you were given that diagnosis on child number two, Sometimes it can actually, when, when they stop and think back, they go, you know, I think back to my first pregnancy and everything just started going downhill then, but I didn't actually get the diagnosis until my second child. I hear that quite often. Now, here's the interesting thing. I just heard this last week. So actually Mayo Clinic nails it with this statement. During postpartum thyroiditis, you might experience two phases. The inflammation and the release of thyroid hormone might first cause mild signs and symptoms similar to those of an overactive thyroid. So you might actually feel a little bit hyper. And that's what happens in the beginning. So we see that with Graves patients. And Graves always, if not mostly always, swings to a Hashimoto state, swings into low. So people don't normally stay in a Graves disease state very long. If they are, you get put on medication, you get put on, uh, you get put on a medication, slows your thyroid, then you go down into hypo. Same thing after having a baby, same thing after turning on that autoimmune switch. We can turn on that autoimmune switch and then boom, all of a sudden you get this thyroid dump right? You get this dump of thyroid hormones where you're like, whoa, holy cow, I feel anxious. I feel kind of good. I'm losing weight. Well, this is kind of cool. I don't know. I'm jittery though too. I don't know. I'm sweating. I feel like I'm crawling out of my skin. So at first it might be kind of a good, bad situation, but eventually it's going to go down. It's going to go down. So you might start off having anxiety, irritability, rapid heartbeat, some heart palpitations, weight loss, which after a baby, you're like, whoo, thank God. Increased sensitivity to heat, which I have all the time. And you can have increased sensitivity to heat with hypo too. Fatigue, tremors, insomnia. So they normally last one to four months after delivery. And then as the thyroid cells become impaired, then you start to go into signs and symptoms of hypothyroidism. So that's where we're getting into the low, low energy, constipation, dry skin, waking, depression. Now, according to Mayo Clinic, these signs and symptoms typically begin four to six weeks after the symptoms of hyper resolve. So you get that little, little burst in the beginning, very similar to when you get your thyroid removed. So this also applies to my total thyroidectomy patients. Does it sound familiar? You get your thyroid removed and you get a thyroid dump. Partial thyroidectomy, you get a thyroid dump. You feel really, really good for about four to six weeks. And then it all goes in the toilet because then you start sleeping into 
the hypostate. Same with postpartum thyroiditis. So keep in mind, however, that some women who have postpartum thyroiditis develop symptoms of only hyper or, or of only hypo. So they're not really being clear whatsoever in their, in their diagnosis. And we have to, we still have to come back and think about it as this is a blanket diagnosis. This is the Mayo Clinic. This is your doctor. This is your OBGYN giving you a statement to make you happy. Now, granted, they're at least looking at and addressing the thyroid. You still might get a postpartum antidepressant medication, but they are at least looking at the thyroid and acknowledging that, hey, your thyroid gland's inflamed. Hey, you have symptoms of hypo. They're at least acknowledging it, but I'm sorry they are not addressing it properly. Nine times out of 10, this is an autoimmune condition. This is Hashimoto's presenting itself. So you know when we talk about the six stages of Hashimoto's, and we can review them briefly here. So we have stage one where you have that genetic predisposition. So ladies, if you've been given postpartum thyroiditis diagnosis, you were in stage one before you got pregnant. And you could have been in stage one and just had that genetic predisposition, well, pretty much your whole life. Look back at your grand, your mom, your aunt, your sisters, any hypothyroidism in there? Were they actually diagnosed with Hashimoto's or were they just given the hypothyroid diagnosis, but no one really checked their antibodies or they checked one antibody or they checked them and the antibodies came back as a false negative. So look for that genetic predisposition. Then look in your family lineage for any other autoimmune conditions like rheumatoid arthritis, type 1 diabetes, psoriasis, MS, lupus, Crohn's disease, celiac. So if anyone else in your family, especially immediate family, has another autoimmune condition, you have that genetic predisposition for an autoimmune condition. So that's stage one. Then we move into stage two, and we're just doing a brief overview. There are other podcasts that you can go back and listen through the detailed stages of Hashimoto's, but we move into stage two, and this is where antibodies might start showing up and some symptoms might start showing up. And this is really where you are when you are in that postpartum thyroiditis stage. You might even be in a stage three where we start to see your TSH, free T3, and free T4 shift in a bad way. So we might see the presence of antibodies, and then we might start to see TSH, free T4, and free T3 shift. My question to docs who give the postpartum thyroiditis diagnosis is, did you test more than their TSH? And did you test their TPO and TGA antibodies? Because pregnancy could have turned on the autoimmune switch. This could be Hashimoto's just presenting itself. And then you start moving into... Stage three, where the symptoms are just horrendous. Stage four and five is where we transition into other autoimmune conditions. A slow destruction of the thyroid gland occurs. We don't want to do that. We want to address it. We want to see it for what it is, right? We want to see it for what it is, not what we want it to be. We, 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 we want the diagnosis, but we don't want a blanket diagnosis. We want the truth. We want the answer. We want to be able to address it because they're not calling postpartum thyroiditis autoimmune. And it's autoimmune. You have to start with that autoimmune predisposition. You have to start with that genetic predisposition for autoimmunity. And then it turns on 
during the stress of pregnancy. And it gets exacerbated after you have your baby. And that's stressful in and of itself. And then you're not sleeping, like we said. And that not sleeping, not sleeping is a huge component for anyone. So think about it after you have a child where you're literally getting maybe three to four hours per night. That's horrible for your body. That's a huge stressor for your body. Of course, you're going to be inflamed. And if you have Hashimoto's, postpartum thyroiditis backslash Hashimoto's, then that lack of sleep, that systemic inflammation, that inflammatory response by your body is just going to make you feel worse. So we need to call it what it is and not keep giving women a blanket diagnosis. You want me to touch on IBS too? Irritable bowel syndrome. I said it in the title, so I'll touch on it as well. So many of you with hypothyroidism, some of you without, have been given that beautiful IBS diagnosis. IBS, irritable bowel syndrome. Well, no crap, doc. I know my bowel's irritable because I'm either constipated or bloated all the time or gassy all the time or I'm having diarrhea all the time or I'll go two days without going to the bathroom and then have diarrhea. Yeah, that's an irritable bowel. But let's get down to the root of what it actually is. Let's do some testing. Is it H. pylori? Is it candida? Is it dysbiosis, like a dysregulation of the good and bad bacteria, the good and bad microflora of your gut? Is it an E. coli? Is it, um, what else are we looking at? I'm thinking of the GI map and everything that shows up on that lovely, beautiful test. Parasites, worms, um, leaky gut, so high zonulin levels. Do you have beta-glucuronidase issues? That's going to cause detoxification issues. So it can absolutely present as some irritable bowel, but it might come down to the fact that your beta-glucuronidase is off, your elastase is off, your SIGA, which is the first line of defense in your gut, is off. That's going to open up those, those pathways in your gut where we said, you know, you used to be tile and grout, And we found out that the grout is actually a little door. So it's going to open the doors of your GI tract and release antigens, release bad things into your bloodstream and create inflammation. That is leaky gut. So we can't just say, oh, you have IBS. Well, wait a minute. Is it Crohn's disease? So my, my niece's husband, my niece's husband, been suffering with digestive issues for a decade, and they just diagnosed him with Crohn's disease. I saw the symptoms of Crohn's years ago. They were up at my parents' house. They were sitting there, and I'm like, you know, this just, God, this sounds so autoimmune. This sounds so autoimmune. And this does not just sound like regular old IBS or some other GI disorder. This sounds like autoimmunity. This sounds like Crohn's. And sure enough, just like we see with Hashimoto's, Five, 10 years later, you get the Crohn's diagnosis. And that's after destruction has already occurred. That's after they've already gone to multiple ER trips, to multiple surgeries on his part, to basically hell him back in their 30s. Here it is, Crohn's. So that's autoimmune. 
Just taking a minute to interrupt the podcast to tell you how you can sign up for a free discovery call to learn how we can work together as a team and how I can help you get your life back. If you go to my website, dramyhorneman.com and click on book a call, you can schedule a time that's convenient for you. It'll be about 20 to 30 minutes and we will learn what is going on with you, what you're suffering with, and you will learn what it looks like to work with me. So we cover everything from top to bottom, your labs, your prescriptions, change of medication, personalized nutrition plan, mindset, lifestyle, exercise, everything is covered when you work with me. I hold your hand the entire time to get you your life back and to let you feel like you again. If we catch this early enough, folks, if we catch autoimmunity early enough, whether it's Crohn's disease, but they're giving you IBS, whether it's Hashimoto's, but they're giving you the diagnosis of postpartum thyroiditis, if we catch it early enough, test and treat, we can stop this from moving into other autoimmune conditions and getting to the point where you're in the uh, ER and getting to the point where you're you're checking, you're thinking that you're crazy, you're checking yourself into the loony bin because you have anxiety and depression, you don't know what the hell is going on with you because nobody is telling you and nobody is pointing it back to autoimmune. So with autoimmune, we can look deeper. We can treat those underlying causes, those underlying triggers, those underlying factors that are turning on autoimmune disease. We can do things like the simple, right? Going gluten-free. So you get the diagnosis of postpartum thyroiditis. You go, okay, now I got to deal with this. I got to work with somebody work with somebody who knows the thyroid, work with a functional medicine practitioner. Will you please stop bouncing around to endo to endo? I'm getting tired of seeing the endo posts. My endo isn't listening. No kidding. And they won't. They never will. You got to work with somebody who knows the thyroid. I told you I'm snarky today. I told you that from the beginning. Do not be surprised. Do not be surprised at my attitude right now. You got to work with somebody who knows the thyroid And then you have to figure out what are those underlying causes. Let's test you for Epstein-Barr virus. Maybe you had Epstein-Barr virus. You get pregnant. That's a stressor. Epstein-Barr drives Hashimoto's. We know this. And then that pregnancy paired with the Epstein-Barr virus turned on that Hashimoto switch, and here you are. So not only are we going to calm down the inflammation of your thyroid, we're going to calm down your soldiers from going out and attacking your thyroid. Maybe we have to treat those underlying infections. Maybe we have to treat Epstein-Barr virus and then everything calms down with your Hashimoto's. Let's look at all those other factors that contribute. Talk about the gut. Gut is a huge, huge trigger for autoimmune. That's why we go gluten-free, but we also have to heal leaky gut. So if you have IBS and you get the diagnosis of postpartum thyroiditis, there's two blanket diagnoses for you. But guess what? It maybe started with your IBS. Your gut's all dysregulated. You got H. pylori, you got candida going on in there. You got a little Epstein-Barr virus on the side because who doesn't? Maybe it's in its dormant state, but still a trigger for Hashimoto's. Your gut's all a mess. You got the IBS diagnosis already. And then shocker, you have Hashimoto's. No, it's not a shocker. That's what all contributed to it. And then you get pregnant and then the stressor flips on the autoimmune switch. So let's look at those other factors. Let's look at your gut. Let's look at those underlying infections, Epstein-Barr virus, Lyme, mold toxicity, heavy metals. Let's look at your hormones. 
we know that your hormones got all whacked out with pregnancy. They're going all over the place. They're up, they're down, they're coming back into alignment, maybe four or six months after your pregnancy, maybe certain things stayed tanked. And then you get postpartum thyroiditis backslash Hashimoto's. Now your hormones are a disaster because your master gland is off. So now we're seeing low progesterone, estrogen dominance. That estrogen dominance is going to impair T4 to T3 conversion. So even as we're trying to treat your thyroid, or let's say your gynecologist, your GYN, your PCP gives you some T4 for your postpartum thyroiditis, backslash Hashimoto's, and you're still not feeling well. Well, what if you have estrogen dominance? That T4 is not going to convert to T3. Got to bring down the estrogen. Got to support your liver. Got to support your detoxification pathways. We have to support your immune system. So we have to look at what are your hormone levels? Is your testosterone in the tank? Because testosterone will also spur on Hashimoto's. Low testosterone, that's another podcast. Low T equals high H. <laughs> high Hashimoto's, high antibodies for Hashimoto's. So you don't want to be walking around with low testosterone. You certainly don't want to be walking around with low progesterone, ladies, because that's going to cause anxiety. So when your progesterone is low, maybe my progesterone is low. Maybe that's why I'm snarky right now. When your progesterone is low, you will be snarky. You will be irritable. You will want to rip the head off your significant other. You will want to kill your coworkers. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's just a spiral effect. And please, my coworkers listening, I'm not talking to you about you guys at all. I love you to death. Um, so you will want you will just be more irritable. You'll hold water. You won't sleep well. And then remember, not sleeping well will tie back to more inflammation, which will kick up more autoimmune. Not sleeping will send those soldiers out to attack your thyroid. It's just a vicious, vicious cycle. So we have to check your hormones. So here we are looking at all those underlying factors instead of slapping on a diagnosis on you. We're looking at what is this really? And if it's Hashimoto's, which it probably is, what's triggering it? Why did it turn on after pregnancy? And what can we do about it? Because we're catching it right now. We're catching it now. You were fine, fine, fine all the way up to your pregnancy. And then, bam, you get pregnant and you get all these symptoms. Let's catch it now. Maybe you don't have to go on thyroid medication. Maybe we can treat the inflammation and the, and the autoimmune and chill it out. Maybe you do have to go on thyroid medication, but why don't we make it work for you and not against you? Why don't we get you on the right kind and get you optimized while it's the both and principle, both and treat that and look at the other underlying causes that can contribute to you feeling like garbage and can contribute to those hypothyroid symptoms hanging on and hanging on and getting worse and getting worse. Does that make sense? Hopefully that makes sense because I got to tell you, when I see this postpartum thyroiditis diagnosis twice in the same week and these women are calling and they're still suffering and no one is listening, they just got that blanket diagnosis along with the Band-Aid medications it just pisses me off. So that's why we're talking about it today. I hope this helps. Listen, even if you are past childbearing years, maybe you haven't had a baby. You're like me, no kids. It's cool. 
I still want you to know about this because this just, it all comes together in what we're dealing with in conventional medicine these days. It still comes into that fact that we are going to spend five to seven minutes with you in the conventional medicine world, and we're going to slap on a medication and figure out a diagnosis to give you because at least we can say we check that box. We are in a society of checking boxes, and it's not cool. We need to slow down. We need to spend time with people. This is why functional medicine is on the rise. This is why I talk about it all the time, because this is the answer. And again, here's me on my soapbox getting snarky with you again. Yes, you might have to pay out of pocket because insurance is not going to cover a 90-minute visit with a functional medicine practitioner that gives a crap about you. Yes, you might have to travel because COVID laws have changed. And in order for us to test you and treat you properly, we might have to see you in person if you need a medication. If you don't need a medication and we're catching this postpartum thyroiditis early enough, we're catching your autoimmune early enough, we're catching your IBS before it turns into Crohn's early enough, then we can stop it in its tracks. And you might not even need medication because we're looking at all those other factors that contribute to it and it's causing inflammation and it's driving Hashimoto's and it's driving that autoimmune to flare. So you have a choice, but we need to address this. We need to speak out because we cannot accept blanket diagnoses anymore. So if you're a woman and you are pregnant, after you have your baby, during your pregnancy, I want you to get your thyroid levels checked. I want you to get your iodine levels checked. We'll be talking about iodine later this week. I want you to get your thyroid checked, your iodine levels checked, stay on top of it. Do not accept you get that postpartum thyroiditis diagnosis because after your baby, you feel really good and then you tank or you just go into feeling really bad you go straight into tanking. I want you to know that this could be Hashimoto's turning on. This could be autoimmune and you need to dig deeper. When you are low in iodine or your thyroid is off during pregnancy, you are at a much, 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 much greater risk of developmental delays in your child. And we're seeing an increase in autism. We're seeing an increase in developmental delays. And I'm, I'm tying a lot of it back to doctors not testing, treating the thyroid or iodine properly during a woman's pregnancy. Now, there are other factors too. I know that. There are multiple, multiple factors in, in the development of a brain, in autism, in, in genetic SNPs that are causing developmental delays. I get it. But if we could start with the basics during a woman's pregnancy, come on. It's so easy. It's so easy. They're running blood tests on you anyways. Make sure you're getting that full thyroid panel. Make sure they're not just testing your TSH because your TSH could be a three and they're going to call it normal. But what if your free T3 is in, in the tank and then your baby isn't getting enough T3? You need T3. Your brain needs it. Your cells need it. Your heart needs it. If you don't have enough, how's your baby going to have enough for brain development? Same thing with iodine. We know low iodine causes birth defects. We know low iodine causes brain abnormalities and developmental delays. We know it. Let's test it. Let's test it. Why do you think iodine is in every prenatal? Even if you get a crappy prenatal from CVS or Sam's Club, 
you're still going to see iodine nine times out of 10, might not be the right kind. You're probably going to have some folic acid instead of folate as well. Another very important key component to the baby's brain development. I digress. But if you look at a prenatal vitamin, you're going to see iodine in it. Why aren't we testing every woman's iodine multiple times throughout a nine-month pregnancy? Think about that. All right. So this was an in-your-face, snarky, edgy conversation because when I see people suffering and when I have new patients calling and I have two women in the same week with the same blanket bullshit diagnosis, I'm calling it. I'm calling BS where I see it, when I see it. I will never hold back from you. And I will never tell you what you want to hear necessarily. I will tell you what you need to hear. I haven't said that in a while, but that's kind of my motto that I go by. I'm not going to tell you what you want to hear. I'm going to tell you what you need to hear. So whether you are just listening to me, listening to my podcast, definitely subscribe to the podcast because that's just a ton of information given out to you. And we do record some that don't make it onto Facebook and YouTube. So if you subscribe to the Thyroid Fixer podcast, you'll be able to hear all those private recordings, call them private non-video recordings, maybe. So you'll be able to hear those on there. So please share this, especially with anybody that you know that's a new mom or going to be a new mom. And anyone that you know that has suffered with a blanket diagnosis, like postpartum hypothyroidism or IBS or fibromyalgia, which we didn't get deep into. We can do that some other time. All right. So look for the iodine podcast this week, later this week, subscribe, and I will see you next week. Same time. All right. Take care. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. As always, please share this episode and check out the entire Thyroid Fixer podcast on all podcast platforms. If you're on iTunes, it would be awesome if you left me a review. And just a reminder, anything you hear on this podcast is not intended to diagnose or treat, so you always want to check with your doctor about any advice given on this podcast. And if you'd like to schedule a discovery call, please refer to the show notes for all the links. Everything that we talked about in the podcast will be in there with a guide for you on how you can get your life back. Let's get you fixed.